Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Today, we are interviewing Melissa Lewis. She is a life coach and massage therapist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her adventurous nature and strong will have led her to overcome lifelong physical and emotional challenges. She shares her knowledge and experiences to help others overcome facing difficult issues. She holds a business degree in marketing, has worked at luxury resorts and spas for 20 years, and has also coached professionally for a top 10 Fortune 500 company. So without further ado, let's welcome her into the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So tell, uh, tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about what you do um, and your story. So I call myself a life coach. Um, I am also a healer. So my journey started, I went to college um, when I was 17. My, none of my family have ever been to college. It was not an accepted idea, and I decided that I was going to go out of state to college. So that was a pretty big deal for me to decide. I didn't come from a wealthy family or anything like that, so it was a big leap to do that. I enjoyed that whole experience, but at the end of it, I developed severe insomnia, anxiety, and depression. And through a series of events, I was already working at a very luxurious spa at Walt Disney World because I went to college in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And through that, I ended up becoming a massage therapist. So that's where the healer part comes in. And then I ended up getting married, having babies, and unfortunately going through a really bad divorce. And through the divorce, I could not be, stay a massage therapist and pay my bills. So I became a wellness coach for a Fortune 500 company. Nice. And part of, I mean, part of wellness coaching is stress. And part of stress is basically life coaching. <laughs> So that's the story about how I came to be a life coach in my own business now. Right. And so do you find yourself using a lot of your own experiences and and trials and tribulations in helping other people? It comes back to that eventually, but you can't just go through trials and tribulations and be a life coach, in my opinion, effectively. I, I did take a course on it, but through coaching people at this company, you're held to particular standards about how you talk to people and how the conversations happen. And um, I think a lot of it, you need the coaching methodology to help people understand. You can't just say it in your own words to make other people understand things. You have to communicate in their language. And that is where I use a lot of my intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the healer kind of part, the intuition and all that comes out. I have mm-hmm. to, I, li- I like that because a lot of people um, I find there's a lot of uh, people out there that can't relate, you know, like can't use that mm-hmm. intuition, and they're just kind of going by a book. Like I find mostly with, you know, therapists and stuff like that, it's all really down to a book, and it's not, it's not based on intuition or true, maybe true wanting to heal rather than just help, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you have to have your, your own ego in a really good place because most healers, we are at the place where we've suffered so much pain. It's more important to teach the lesson to the person or help them get the information than to be right. 
Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And listen, right? Listening is a huge skill. <laughs> it is, it is listening, bad, but... but is not just hearing the words. I don't really like the, the term listening. I'm not just listening to their words. I'm like hearing and understanding things that they're not telling me mm-hmm. by what they're saying and what they're not saying. Right, right, so you, right. So you can't just sit and listen to the words and say, oh, I hurt you. And that's where right. a lot of the coaching methodology has a lot of question because you ask them, do I hear this? And then they say no. And then you're like, okay, that's not what they're after. Then you have to keep asking questions so you Mm -hmm. can get what they're saying even if they can't communicate it to you. Right, right. And that's that's kind of the model that most coaches use to get down to the bottom or the root of the problem, right? Right, right. And um, sometimes people aren't able to or willing to even admit, even though I can see what the problem is, they're not ready. Mm-hmm. So then at that yeah. point, you have to know when to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise you're not really helping, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're, you're obviously there for a reason, but it's not the reason that you want it to be, I think, right? Like, I know mm-hmm. in our everyday relationships, we can probably, all the listeners can probably relate to, you know, your your partner, if he would just do this, right? Like, you can see that they need to do a certain thing, but they're just not mm-hmm. doing it. You can tell them, you can, you know, you can do everything. But if they don't want to, or if it's, maybe it goes against their values or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So you're kind of just kicking a dead horse. <laughs> and that's why a lot of... Oh. Go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That's why a lot of people lose themselves in relationships because they have to mm-hmm. push themselves down so far to keep things um, calm and yeah. keeping everybody happy that there's yeah. usually one person that pushes themselves down so far until they can't stand it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that sometimes I've found those people that push themselves down tend to blame it on the partner that they've done that mm-hmm. to them, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's where I think huge awareness <clears throat> needs to be put out there because it's so easy and it's almost like it's just the way we're programmed is to blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. You made me feel this way. And it's like some now, you know, 20 years ago, I probably did that very much but now I'm like okay I feel this what's going on inside me right Mm -hmm. not trying to project Mm -hmm. it out (laughs) and and it's a huge awareness like it's a huge light bulb moment or epiphany or whatever you want to call it when you can get to that Mm -hmm. place where you can do that where you can stop Um, I have a, a coach friend and she says um, be reactive in, or be responsive instead of reactive. Mm-hmm. So respond to it to yourself first and then react. You know, don't just jump out there because I know I've done it. <laughs> yeah, of course we all have. Even yeah. people who are really good at it, you had to fail a bunch of times before you mm-hmm. figured it out. Yeah, that's it's, it. It is very difficult, but once you master that, You Mm -hmm. learn so many things about the world. You learn so much about other people's situations and so many other things. If you stop blaming other people and look at yourself, it is just like opening a door to a whole other world. Yeah. And the other thing, too, um, speaking and kind of on the same thing, is um, I wrote an e-book just not too long ago. I was like, just had this moment. And the other thing um, that I thought we need in a relationship is compassion. 
you know, we need to kind of, and empathy was also in there because we need to be able to see from a different perspective than our own, mm-hmm. which is hard to do, <laughs> right? Like if, if you're not listening and watching and paying attention, then you're, you're never going to be able to do that. So what do you say about that, like compassion and empathy? Well, what it really comes down to is selfishness because if you are walking around in the world like, like the world is me and this is yeah. how everything else makes me feel or this is how I see the world, mm-hmm. you cannot develop compassion or empathy if you're more concerned about yourself than anything else on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you even take the first steps to decide, like the easiest way to look at this in life is the next time something comes at you that you don't like, or you find yourself ready to react, instead of defending yourself or your own viewpoint, step over onto that side and put yourself into that other person or that situation and ask yourself, why is this person reacting this way? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that is where you gain the awareness of yeah. why the situation is even happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, so... Putting yourself in that, because I know there's a difference, like when I was writing that book, I had understanding, compassion, empathy, and um, self-growth. That were my my top four things that we all have to do in a relationship. But Mm -hmm. the compassion, understanding, and empathy, they really kind of are the same but different, right? Like you kind of can't have one without the other or vice versa, right? It's like a step, a, pro, a process between the three. It I is. I feel like, yeah. So it's And it continues to unfold deeper mm. and deeper and deeper and deeper the further that you go. And mm-hmm. even for me, when I, my youngest child is nine and threw a fit in the car because he's sick and threw an absolute fit because we weren't home at the time the GPS said that we were home. And my 15-year-old and I are looking at each other going, he is freaking out. But inside of me, I knew he was not feeling good. It's been a long day. Like I could tell you the five things that he was feeling. Okay. So instead of looking at my child like he was crazy, I just looked at his brother where he didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we tried to explain. I mean, we were trying to basically explain his feelings to him. Yeah, yeah. Be- you know, that's, good. It, that's a good thing. Yeah. It is a good thing. Mm hmm. But it just, so having that kind of empathy and understanding for why he's freaking out the way that he is develops Mm -hmm. more compassion. So then I look back like, okay, this is not normal for him. This is how sick he is. He doesn't feel well. And so that brings up that compassion. So where a lot of moms, which we've all been here, I've been here too, where you get home and you're mad at your child because they're freaking out in the car and you're just thinking of yourself like, well, what could I do? I'm driving. You know, I can't fix yeah. it. But instead, I had more compassion for how he was not feeling well. The children yeah. feel that. Well, they do. They do. There's, I think, like, I've got a four-and-a-half-year-old, and he's, I've always been very in touch with his feelings. Like, it's okay to cry. It's not okay to cry when you don't get something you want. You can say you're angry, but don't cry about it. <laughs> And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, and now that's what he'll do. He'll be like, he'll start to cry, and I'll just kind of look at him, and he'll say, I'm angry. I just want, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> keep doing this, because then you can communicate, right, instead of mm-hmm. just holding it in and, and not, or being told not to cry, just cry. 
because that's not acceptable yeah. either. Because I know my husband did that to my little guy, and I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> if every family has different rules about how. Like, I would let my child cry because they didn't get what they wanted, but I still wouldn't give it to them. I would let them have their that's feelings. Right. So. Every yeah. family is different, but I'm not, nobody's perfect, and there is no rule book to say this is how you react. Do you see why adults have so many trouble, so much trouble communicating yeah. in any sort of relationship? I mean, every single family grew up with so many different kinds of rules. Even if you lived in the same city or the same neighborhood, you don't have any one person. Yeah. Even in the same family, my sister is a complete opposite to me, and we grew up in the same family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sister is as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely that's and that's you know all to perspective as well, right? Like I, I talk a lot about our own perspective and what we see as one thing, may, somebody else may see it totally different. So if you can mm-hmm. learn to see that and ask them questions, you know, what does that look like to you? Tell me, like I'm interested instead of you're just wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's very well in a lot. Of- a lot of people, even if you, I have found this too, because I love to ask a lot of questions. And if you ask too many questions, a lot of people get offended. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now listen here, I'm just trying to be compassionate and understanding. And I'm asking questions. A lot of introverts or people in families that did not talk, they find it offensive. They will get angry yeah. if you try to communicate with them. Yeah, if they feel like you're kind of prying for information, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get on the defense. You just yeah. never know what you're going to get with people. I mean, people yeah. are such complex beings. Well, they are. <laughs> they are. And no two people are the same. I mean, some of us are like-minded to an, to a degree, but there's still mm-hmm. differences, right? And I think, you know, once you can get, if you can have that empathy, you can love pretty much unconditionally, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, like I don't know. I'm. That's another thing I'm all wondering about is the whole unconditional love because I think you know when we first as a mother um, I've had four kids so I know that like when you first have them that love is unconditional it doesn't go anywhere it's like you would do anything you'd jump in front of a train for the baby right and I think you still would up until you were older but it does come with conditions because as they get older, you want them to be a certain way. You want them to act a certain way, you know, and if they don't do that, then if we're not in touch with how we're feeling and we're projecting it, then we're just kind of damaging them. I feel, you know, like, and that's not, that's not unconditional love. Well, yes. And you have to ask yourself what really, what is unconditional love? I mean, Mm -hmm. unconditional love really only means I will love you forever. It doesn't mean I'm okay with everything that you do. But I still love you. And a lot of people can't love that way. It's very difficult to unconditionally love. I mean, you can still completely disagree with anything your child has done. They can break the law. They can kill someone. But you can still love them. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people put conditions on their definition of unconditional. Yeah, this is true. This is true. The whole play on words. (laughs) Yeah, it it truly is. It's really what it means to you. And Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what it is. That's why people, that's why people have such barriers. They're like, well, I don't love them because they don't do the thing that I want them to do. I mean, who could ever live up to that? Yeah. 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 I've actually told clients that I'm like, your list is a little big. (laughs) This is why you are single, (laughs) you know, because how could anybody ever get to where this list you have? Like, it's not right. 
real. <laughs> you know? and it is true because they want like to hear that. Well, a lot of people want something more than what they deserve. They want more than what they are bringing to the table. Most people come into relationships in some sort of even keel, right? Yeah. You you have to give and receive in these sorts of you know the mother child one, but but a, a make a, a partnership of male female or whatever. Uh, sexuality you want to call it it's, mm-hmm. it you're coming together at some point of contact so the people who are single who think they deserve better yeah you got to ask are you bringing to the table all of those things yeah that you are expecting in someone else that would be one of my first questions yeah well and that's it like do we do mirror each other's kind of behavior and stuff too right which can be or project, I suppose I should say, maybe not, maybe mirroring. Some people kind of put it that way. I feel like if you're having an issue with someone else, you kind of have to look where it is an issue within you first. And then if you mm-hmm. can't figure it out, then then maybe it's them. <laughs> you know, like if right. You can't, but it's, there's always something. It's going against the value that you have if you're having an issue. So you have to sort it out, right, just within yourself. And I've just learned this in the last 10 years, how to actually sort it all out rather than stay in my brain and, like, hold it in and then explode, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because that's, that's kind of a circle. That's how it happens. And then you build resentment and you build all these nasty thoughts and then you break up. And for what? Right. And then the next right. relationship is just the same. <laughs> it is people. I am, I am definitely fascinated after my divorce. I started to become very fascinated in male, female relationships. And I started to ask a lot of questions and I eventually offended people because I really wanted to get down to the, what really draws people into a couple. And it is fascinating the different types of reasons. And mm-hmm. I also find it very fascinating how different men and women are. I mean, I yeah. just, I was married for 13 years, but I did not realize yeah, well, what, just the, what the most men were thinking. like. Yeah, yeah. And just their way of thinking. Like, I know even um, women I talk to, they're so just, I don't want to say entitled, but I, that's what I feel like. Like, I, I feel like they want men to be women, you know, like they want them to think like them. And if they don't, then they should just read their mind. <laughs> And a man is like the furthest thing from reading anybody's mind because <laughs> he's focused on what he's focused on, right? Like the task at hand. That's what I found. Even with my hubby, it's like if he's watching TV, I don't even bother talking to him because otherwise I'm going to get offended because he's not listening. So I can stop it and I just don't talk to him if he's watching TV. <laughs> we all have to figure these things out for ourselves. And I didn't realize and after, until after I was divorced, I mean... I have not dated a lot of men because now I realize why it took me until I was done being divorced where I realized they don't have really much to offer me. Unfortunately is what I learned. So it's going to take that extra special person to give me the types of things that I need in a relationship. Well, and that's, that's not such a bad thing because it just means that Mm -hmm. you're giving you everything you need. And Mm -hmm. I know from my own experience, I was, um, I was married to a very, very, very abusive um, guy, the father of my two kids, my first two kids. And uh, then I left him after he tried to kill me, and it was just crazy. And I found another guy, and he cheated on me. And I was like, that's enough. I said, and I stayed single 
for seven years. I didn't date. I didn't do anything. And I can tell you, all I did was work on me. And I focused on Mm -hmm. my two kids because I had two girls. And I can tell you that that seven years, well, let's say six of them. The first year was probably hard. But the six years after that was probably the best time of my life because it was just me. I was just me. And I didn't have to try to be anybody but me, you know. And then when I found another relationship, the guy was different. Like things were different. Everything was different. And I was, but then I was fearful (laughs) because of my past, right? So it kind of helped me to grow forward. Yeah, most people are attracted to people. If you have a strong attraction to somebody, you are attracted to that person because they are going to teach you a lesson. Yeah. That is yeah. what I learned about a lot of attraction is that yeah. there is something behind that. There is some sort of growth. So if you want to grow and the other person wants to grow, then those types of relationships can be very beneficial. But anytime you are relying on somebody for a need that you can't fulfill on your own, it is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really is, yeah. unfortunately, because yeah. somebody's going to have an ego and a pull and a trigger and it is going to have some kind of fight where somebody thinks that somebody else owes them something. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, I mean, like I know even in my marriage at the beginning of it, before I had good skills to do things, you know, it was crazy. It would just go into a full out brawl of words and then it would end up with one person leaving. And then it's like, what in the heck just happened? <laughs> you know, right. Like, I just don't even know. But now, like yesterday, we had a glorious uh, talk and communicated about things. And I was like, I said to him, I'm like, thank you. (laughs) This was really good. Like, I had a lot of fun just sitting and chatting with you. And he's like, he just kind of looked at me funny, but he didn't say nothing. But he kind of smirked. And I was like, because he's he's open, but he's not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's sitting on the fence there. And it's like... Yeah, I've I've come to you to teach you this lesson, <laughs> you know, but it's it's frustrating at times, but it's all part of growth and and just being you and if somebody else can appreciate you as you, that's huge, mm-hmm. right? Cuz a lot of people right. are and trying to change each other, you know, you're you need to do this and you need to do that. <laughs> right, and these relationships, I I've realized also you know, it depends on the type of person you are. Because I live in Minnesota, it's the Midwest, and I'm a very strong, very opinionated woman. And most women around are not like me. I didn't really realize that part about it. And oh, when I went out dating, I am a lot to handle because I'm <laughs> quite direct. And I just yeah. ask face value questions, and that apparently is not accepted in typical dating. Well, yeah, and it, and it wouldn't be to a bunch of ego-driven men, right? Like, you'll meet right. the right guy that will answer those questions and have the same questions <laughs> for you. <laughs> and that's when you know if he starts asking you the same questions, you're like, okay, you're mine. <laughs> you're not going nowhere. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a, a thing. So where can our listeners find you, Melissa? So my website is meonlybettercoaching at gmail.com. And I also have a Facebook page under that same name, Me Only Better Coaching, where I post inspirational, somewhat relationship, a lot of self-growth, but things that really speak to my heart and that make me happy. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. And that's just what this podcast is about relationship with yourself first and then relationships with others, because it just has to be in that order. I think to keep things in balance and to actually be happy and fulfilled you know, that's yes. kind of my vision. <laughs> you you will lose yourself. I once coached somebody with um, at this Fortune 500 company who could not figure out what her problem was. She had raised her children. She had issues. She saw a therapist for, she told me, five years. I talked to her for 20 minutes and I figured out what, not that there was something wrong with her, but what her issue was. And I mm-hmm. just told her, I said, you don't have your own life. You have lived your entire life for your husband, for your kids, and you have nothing else for yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you are right. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's why you're having all the problems that you're having. Yeah. Well, and a lot of those people will kind of be like, <clears throat> like the world owes me something because I've done so much, right? Like have that attitude. And then get, and then there will be the other ones that will just kind of be depressed and just have no drive, no nothing. This this particular woman, she had gotten to the point where, I mean, up until then she didn't have a lot of problems. I mean, that that was what her life was, and she was happy with it. it. She just got to the point where the kids were older, and she couldn't realize why she was unhappy. So it, mm. she just kind of needed someone to say, "No, it's time for you to have your own life now." You know, if you're not yeah. if you're not upset or it doesn't bother you up until a certain point, then nobody can go and tell you you need to go find yourself. I mean, she was finding herself through her children up until a point. She just needed. This is what the great thing about coaching is that sometimes it just brings you that one little thing that you didn't realize about yourself, so then you can go on and make yourself happy. That's what I love about mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so rewarding, I think, too, when you can do it like that in a in a gentle, compassionate way and help them, like help the client to just, you know, pretty much like spread their wings and fly, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what it's like. And it's sometimes it can be so simple. And I think to that client of yours, like there's so many women out there that are married with kids and maybe even work, too, on top of that, like, you're bound to kind of lose yourself if you don't really focus on mm-hmm. self-care. Like that's a really big thing that women need to, and men stay at home, dad do the same thing. You have to focus. And I think men just that work all the time, they need to focus on mm-hmm. self-care, but we'll mostly talk to women because I know that's what our audience is. That's what women, um, that's what yeah. women like to do. Men are usually not the ones that are into that until much later in their lives, apparently. But yeah. for me, I have been through so many difficult situations, so much emotional pain. I am such a sensitive person. So many issues that if I can keep someone else from suffering at the rate that I suffered, that is what drives me to keep other people out of the type of suffering that I had. Yeah. So before I let you go, what would be your, um, the best advice you could give any of our listeners um, based on kind of your practices, how you do things and, if they're having issues in a relationship right now? I would say always ask questions of yourself and of of the other person because because it is the questions that bring you to the place to clarify. A lot of people are afraid to ask questions because they're afraid of the answer. And a lot of times the answer is not as bad as they think it is going to be. Mm -hmm. So it is the questioning on both sides that I think is the important piece. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for for joining us on the podcast. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. 
that was another great interview as always. If you would like to find me, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is Raw Relationships. I also have a group on Facebook called Raw Relationships. This is a group where you can ask for advice and just get support from everyone in the group on everything relationships. Relationships with others as well as relationships with ourselves. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to my podcast and I look forward to bringing you many more great interviews from experts all over the world.